This week on the Baseline Podcast, Josh and I are back to talk about the World Series and how really it could be all but over and the Rangers could be winning their first World Series title. And on top of that, we're going to be talking about the first college football rankings that came out and how we were kind of shocked, but not really, of what the rankings happened this first week. And then we break down all the games happening this week in college football and what the Browns will be doing this weekend in the NFL. All that and so much more coming up on the Baseline Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Baseline Podcast. I'm Ben. That's Josh. And uh, we're back. We are here two weeks in a row. It is it is actually November as we're recording this. We're recording this on a Wednesday. It's November. Um, Halloween happened. It's so funny because when you live in Europe, you really don't notice it. I mean, you notice it with like the international people that are here, but you don't really notice it. It's kind of funny that I look on, you know, all the NBA teams and stuff all have their their different things for Halloween. But uh, how was your Halloween there, uh, Josh? Um, I'm popular opinion. Halloween is mid. So I did not do any dressing up or participate in any festivities or anything. Not even at work? Just, not even at work? No, no. Uh, like I said, it's it's an unpopular opinion. I know, but it's just... I think it just after, gets... Okay, I'll be honest. It just gets old. Like after a while, it just gets old. It's after just like, I okay. turn 12, it's just like, I don't think that I need to wear costumes anymore. See, so. I grew up in a Baptist family, which means that we did a harvest party. Not Halloween. Oh, I mean, harvest party. <laughs> yeah, I grew up going to harvest parties too, dude. And those, let's be honest, those were more fun, man. Like at least there were things to do. Like there was actually fun things to do at a harvest party. A little bit, yeah. I mean, I think I could have fun at a Halloween party. It's just, it's just not my scene, and not like. I mean, what are you gonna dress interest? up as? I mean, you're already Superman. Like, you know, what else do you have to do? <laughs> yeah, I could. I could just come in and wear a tank and be like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm this bro. bodybuilder. <laughs> I could put on a Superman costume and fit the part, but um, some of the costumes I have seen that I enjoyed, uh, I think costume of the year is that one guy that wore the Randy Johnson costume Dude, and his girlfriend it's, it's, was the bird that he hit. Awesome. That was so cool. Yeah. That's all time. Great stuff. And then basically everybody else was just Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Which which is like, wow. Stupid. Creative. Yeah. Original Actually, I did guys. see that Didn't there was two, that two Eagles teammates dressed up as Kiss, like two members from the Kiss band, which was kind of cool. Mm. I thought that was kind of that was kind of cool. But then I also Wembyama. I was talking to Josh right before we started recording. Wembyama, you know, plays for the Spurs. He's seven foot four, dressed as Slenderman. And if you've ever played that game, it's creepy. Then you put a real life human in that costume, and it's just it's bizarre. Go on our Instagram at baseline.podcast and you'll see the story, and it's very creepy. And honestly, if he came up and said hi to me, I would probably punch him. Like it just, yeah, not. Yeah. That cool. One other costume that I enjoyed seeing was Joe Rogan dressed as that one guy that everybody insisted was Joe Rogan at the World Baseball Classic. We had the Puerto Rico jersey and the blonde wig, and they said yeah, Joe yeah. Rogan think he's slick. And on his last show that he did with Elon Musk, that he was in costume. So I'm assuming that they were recording that on Halloween, and he had that blonde wig That's on genius. in the Puerto Rico jersey. I was like, it's Joe Rogan. Is Joe. Rogan. It's Genius. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I gotta love this holiday. But uh speaking of holidays, uh there's some there's a team right now in the uh World Series that's that's enjoying a little holiday. It's 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 getting close to where they can go enjoy a holiday. Uh and that'd be the Texas Rangers. Josh, give us a recap of what's going on and how much Ben is hoping that this turns around because <laughs> his prediction's about to go into the mud. 
Yeah, I'm, I might have a prediction uh, correct here for the first time in a while. But Which, by the way, as we're recording this, the game is happening tonight. So by the time yes. we're done, this could... We, uh, as, it, as it stands, Texas is up 3-1. They are going to have to go the rest of the series without Adolis Garcia and Max Scherzer, which Scherzer might have been pitching in Game 7. So it's... And he had to leave Game 3 early, but they still won that. And Garcia, obviously, has just been on a on a tirade here with uh, yeah. the amount of RBIs he's had. He's already set the record what for was the injury? In the postseason. What was the injury? Uh, it's something like left side tightness or something like that. It was interesting. Like, like that sounds like it just sounded like super unofficial. I was like left side tightness or like a elbow. But that keeps you out of games. Like That's that. weird. That's weird. Yeah. Like it's just it's too uncomfortable for him to continue to go on, I guess, or it's keeping him from being his best. So no more Adolis. But it didn't matter because uh, last night when I was watching game four, Texas put up 11 runs. Everybody was sitting homers. Corey Seager. <laughs> Uh, who's Mr. Thought, October pretty much now. Mr. October, if you look at it, it's the stats side by side after they've played like 70 something games each. That's who I predicted would win World Series MVP, I believe, as well. And Seeger and the whole Texas lineup, honestly, has stepped or er, stepped up in Adolis's absence. Uh Arizona ended up getting a couple big uh innings late, so they were able to close that gap. It was like eleven to one or eleven to two going into the eighth, but then it ended up being eleven to seven. But up to this point, Ben, it's been about what you'd expect. Uh game one went in extra innings and Garcia actually hit the walk off there. Uh game two, Arizona, uh the bullpen and the pitching staff came up big and they got a couple big hits and they ended up blowing Texas out actually. Then Texas wins game three in a pitcher's duel, and then Texas offense gets going game four. Yeah. Um so that was a big reason why I picked Texas is I just thought they had the higher ceiling. And I mean, even Marcus Simeon, who's been cold this whole postseason, got a couple big hits last night. So yeah, it definitely helps uh, when you got the guys that have been struggling uh, to be able to step up, especially when you got a superstar out. But it's looking like Texas is going to be OK. They, like you said, game five is tonight in Arizona. Then they go back to Texas if necessary for game six and seven. Yeah, but Arizona's also been in this spot before. They've been playing down. It seems like pretty much this whole postseason. So this isn't necessarily new territory. But in playoff history, I think you threw something up on our story today. There's only been like 14 out of 92 teams to come back yeah, in postseason yeah. play from down three one. And, and I believe much less did I World believe uh, did I was there a team? I think it was like what was it 2016 that came back against uh, what was that team's? Called? Oh, the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates in 1962. Yeah, no, that's right. no, 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 no. 2016. What uh huh? What was that team they faced? The Cubs faced the who were they facing? Oh right, oh right, it was the Indians. Oh yeah, I who's the Cleveland that. Indians? There's not a team in the league right now called the Cleveland Indians. Oh, I'm sorry, up, Ben. Oh, am I? Am I now? Am am I? Okay, all right. Well, anyways, no, it, no it, but we it, it's nothing that we haven't seen in our lifetime, no. I guess. But I, so. but I do. I will say this: like I I think it's been I, honestly Arizona blew the first game. They should be. They should have been up two zero. Like Arizona should have been up two zero after that 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 blow that first game, um. So it could have been different, but again, yeah, I, I was banking on the fact that the youth would take over, and the youth has just struggled, and and I think that's 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 hurt Arizona, and I think the Rangers have just looked like the better team, and it would be cool for the Rangers. Obviously, they've never won a a World Series, which would be awesome, and also they've won. By the way, uh, they're eleven and zero on the road. Like this team cannot be beat right. when they're going on the road. <laughs> so it is it is quite fascinating with what this team is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In addition to that, too, I think they're also undefeated when they're the team that scores first, and they when they out homer their opponent, they also have only lost once this whole postseason. So it's so what? What is your definitely been say? a crazy you run. Guys say it's over after after we're as we're recording this. Do you think that the game it's going to be over, or do you think? Maybe it'll be stretched out one more game. 
So I believe it's Zach Gallen versus Nathan Uvaldi yeah. tonight, which is each team's 1v1. I would like to think that Arizona is going to get um, one more win, so that it's not a 4-1 to series and we can get a little bit more baseball action. But gut kind of leans like and, – and it's going to have to take more than Corbin Carroll and Cattell Marte. I feel like those are the only two guys that have really been yeah. hitting consistently for Arizona. It's going to be – all a little bit, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, he did have one of those home runs, uh, three-run homer last night. And Christian Walker, I think, went three for five, and he's struggled to hit this whole postseason. But, it's yeah, it's going to take a whole team effort, but it also wouldn't be shocking. We've seen it in game two, uh, or game three, I should say, where uh, the team's gotten a pitcher's duel. And Zach Gallon versus Nathan Valdi definitely uh, could uh, be another pitcher's duel. And it seems like Arizona, when, those are the, when they're in the lower-scoring games, I would give the edge to them. So that's another reason why I think – Arizona can go ahead and win game five tonight before going back to Texas for the final two. Yeah. I, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, you just, it's hard for me to believe that Arizona is going to pull this out. I think this team is different than the Cubs team back in 2016. I think that that Cubs team was our, I think really high powered and as much as Arizona has played well, I don't think they're that high powered team that can go out and dominate both sides of defense and offense I just, at the end of the day, I just think that right now, obviously I chose them to win it and I would love to see them Mm -hmm. win it, but I just three wins in a row against this high powered offense of the Rangers. That means you're gonna have to score like 10 runs like each game to just hope you're in it. So um, unless something happens where it's like the Phillies where the Rangers just like shut off and like they have no offense. That's the only way I see the Dimebacks coming back and taking this is if the Rangers offense just disappears. And the Rangers, at least to me, haven't shown me any signs that they're like a hot and cold team that can get streaky. Yeah. I think this yeah, is yeah. actually who they are. Yeah. And and to think about this team, like this Rangers team, like they're they're young too. Like they're they got a few young dudes, like rookie age guys. But we also forget that both these teams were like a hundred lost teams like two years ago. So like mm-hmm. it, it's I think this would this was the first year where we saw true parity in the MLB, where we saw like teams that were bad a few years ago are actually good. Um, and I think you can agree with me. I think we wish more sports were like this, where it's like, okay, you can be bad and then become good. It's not just like good, 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 good all the time. So this is good for baseball. I know the viewership is the lowest since like 20. Yeah, game one or whatever was, like that. I saw was like one of the oh. lowest watched. And it's... So I, I think part of that is because it's not really big teams. Like I, I think Texas yeah. is big, but no one really wants to watch Arizona. But at the end of the day, I think people are tired of seeing like Atlanta, uh, Los Angeles, you know, um, you know, Houston, like that people are tired of seeing these teams. They watch it because, okay, there's a big markets, but the other day, I think a true baseball fan loves seeing this where it's fun to see teams that you didn't expect to be in the world series. Yeah. That that's one of the only explanations I can come up with because baseball viewership as a whole, that after all the rule changes, we weren't super crazy about and we weren't sure it was going to do what they wanted. But yeah, overall viewership was up this year. So yeah, I'm kind of scratching my head as to why the and I think it's hard to because World Series football, has been a little low. But the football is so big right now, and and football is you know college football and NFL. I think it's hard for a lot of people to go like, do I watch football? Or, you know, I think it's it's that mix too of of yeah when, when the playoffs because some of these World Series games have been competing with the NFL and the college football yeah. audience too. So yeah. That's not necessarily something unique to like this year, though. I mean, that's always yeah. kind of been the case is that the World Series, you know, goes through football season. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is uh, the lack of uh, big markets. P- people maybe would have been more excited to tune into like uh, 
like an Atlanta versus a yeah. Houston World Series. But I mean, I'm or okay Cincinnati, with this. Cincinnati, Cleveland World Series. That'd be pretty cool. That I, I will say before I listen before I die, I want to have that. I want to have Cleveland versus Cincinnati Battle of Ohio for the World Series. It'd be phenomenal. It would be literally epic. Maybe only for Ohio people, but it'd be kind of awesome. Um, But speaking of, speaking of, you know, October football, college football is at the point now. We're in November, Josh, which means college football rankings have come out. Playoff Um, rankings. So I I don't know what you want. Do you want to touch on maybe some of the games last week and then we could jump into the rankings just to kind of recap? Or how do you want to do this, Josh? How How do we want to attack this? We could. I think we can go over uh, some of the scores that maybe played into yes. uh, how the playoff poll turned out here. Obviously, uh, you got uh, Ohio State here. It was. Uh, we can talk about that one first. It was another uh, gritty performance. On did you the watch the game? Did you watch Wisconsin? The game? I did not. I was. Uh, I think this is when uh, one of the World Series games was going on, if I remember correctly. I see what's more um, important to Josh. Yeah, the big baseball guy. That's always going to be a uh, priority. Yeah, I will. I will say about that game though, is that Ohio State Stevens once once again showed that like this is not just a one off. Like I keep hearing people say that Ohio State's a one off. It's like, dude, they've dominated every team defensively, and it's not even been close. So yeah, for all you out there, th- the, the defense is real. The defense. Marvin Harrison Jr. continued to stay team. hot. Travion Henderson uh, continued to make an impact. And from what I hear from everybody, he's not struggling to make those cuts anymore. He no. looks like he's fully healthy and fully Should be there. scary for every team, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I, I think still, like, as a fan, you would love to see some kind of improvement from Kyle McCord from week one to week yeah. now. But he still kind of just looks like the same kind of guy. But, I mean, I think Ohio State is who they are at this point, Ben. This is... Their identity, yeah, the, and the, the lower only, scoring gritty style. Yeah. And the only fear I have is obviously Lathan Ransom went down with a non-contact injury. There's still not much update on what's going on with him, but that that's a huge blow for the defense. But dude, when you have a five star waiting in the wings, like it's kind of a blessing. So um yeah, I agree with you though. Like this this is gonna like people, this is the new Ohio State, at least for this year. Maybe it'll change. Um you, Guys, just remember what happened last time. It was like this, 2012. I mean, sorry, 2002 national title. So, like, the similar kind of style of games, not not big blowout wins. It was a grind-out type thing. They had a good defense. Um, I think the offense is better than it was back in 2002, but still similar type of of team. Um, So, anyways, I'm just saying that. But uh, the game that really frustrated me was because I got a bunch of flack from, you know, Tyler, you know, some of some of uh, some of these people, uh, one of my one. Well, I had a buddy back home, Tyler, that that did this, but that's to be like, who is Tyler? No, he's a buddy for listening, Tyler. No, uh, it's uh, from college. Anyways, he, he's a he's a big 12 fan and he was mad that I had quite a few uh, Oklahoma uh, Oklahoma a little high, as he would say. He thinks that they hmm. shouldn't be as high. Uh, he's a Texas guy, but um, yeah. What did you think? What that's the thing. Let's talk about Oklahoma because obviously, think, yeah, obviously there was a lot the of Instagram. There, like, there was a lot of like Instagram comments that were approached to me. Um yes. just a few. Um saying that I was a little high, but I, I had no reason not to be. Like there was no reason. Go ahead and give your your defense and I'll kind of explain why I've been not as high on Oklahoma okay, as you. This is the way I've said it is like I think they had a very good win against Texas. I think Texas is a very good team. Um, 
I, I thought that win was a very gutty kind of win. Like they, they needed that win. And then every other win, they really had been fine. I mean, the defense at times looked shaky, but for the most part, they've been a good team offensively been, been doing well. Um, I, I knew at one point they were probably going to lose, but I thought, Hey, they got through Texas. You know, they're going to just have to now let's grind through the big 12 season and then go from there. So, um, What's your thoughts, I guess, on that? Because I guess that's my thing is like, I didn't see, it's kind of like with Washington. I didn't see a weakness. Did I think they were, you know, I did, I think they were struggling at times, of course, but I didn't see the weakness that maybe some people saw. Um, I saw a team that, that had a quarterback that could lead the charge and that had been making plays all the way up till, you know, obviously this past weekend where they, where they got beat. Um, let's be honest, got owned a little bit. So um, mm-hmm. very interesting uh, to your, to your take on this game. Yeah. Kansas, by the way, Kansas is for real, by the way. Kansas is who I thought would be the in the Big 12 championship game with Texas at the end of the year when we were given our yeah, that's true. Big 12 preview. Uh, Oklahoma, I mean, I've, I think I've given them their flowers. They're definitely a, a better team than what I thought they would be this year. Yeah. But even after the Texas game, I, I really thought after that game that um, Texas is still a better team, even though Oklahoma did get that win. I think if they played, you know, 10 times, Texas would. Oh, I when the majority yeah, of yeah. them still, and I've been, I mean, it's, it's the same thing with Washington, Oregon. I think we said that yeah. they played twenty. I times. think Oregon, Oregon would win most of the times. I would think, yeah. yeah. But be, I've been given respect to Oklahoma, not necessarily uh, putting Texas ahead of them, uh, at least any time lately. But I haven't put them in my top five because I've just I feel like their their time was going to come where they there was no way that they were going to run the table here and mm-hmm. when you look at their last three games now with Kansas with UCF and Texas you're starting to see some of Oklahoma's old habits from last year come up uh Josh Pate broke this down on one of the last late kick episodes where um I think their defense is allowing 32 or 33 points per game in that stretch and they're also allowing over 450 total yards of offense on average and, like those games. Old, old, old and those numbers are very similar to their season totals last year of what they were averaging so it's like okay if we have Oklahoma playing below average defense I'm not sure Dylan Gabriel is a good enough player I mean he's a great player he's been in yeah, my he had a rough game Heisman. last game though <laughs> Yeah, he's been in my Heisman uh, final or Heisman rankings for the last several weeks. I think he's a good player, but yeah, you're right. In this game, he had no touchdowns, one pick, 171 yards, uh, and yeah, Oklahoma. I mean, they're they're falling in some old habits, and they got to go to Oklahoma State this week. Oklahoma's only a five and a half point favorite and in that Oklahoma one too. State, Oklahoma State has the leading rusher in the in the country, by the way. And it looks like I mean, I kind of left Oklahoma State for dead after they lost to South Alabama, but they're six and two right now, so it's not going to be any easy game for them. So. I'm not necessarily going to go ahead and say Oklahoma State is winning that game yet. But from here, I mean, Oklahoma's got to clean up defensively because they got to go there. Then they got a home game with West Virginia, who's five and three right now and has proven to be a spoiler, I think, sometimes. Then they got to go to BYU and then they host TCU, who's I mean, they're they're only at 500 right now. But I feel like if Oklahoma, the defense is still struggled, they got one more loss on their schedule in these four games. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. And. Yeah, I think that we saw that a lot around college football, just teams that just maybe didn't live, kind of looked rough this past weekend. Uh, we could talk about how Clemson has just fallen off a cliff. Was, but fun fact about Clemson, I don't know if you heard the news came out today, that Dabo went on like a rant against this guy that came up and said like, you're getting paid eleven point five million, and you were at five hundred ball. That he's like, I don't care how much I made, how much I'm making. Don't talk to me like a kid. And I'm like, dude, like, 
on the like, coach's what do you show, expect, yeah. man? Like, what do you expect? You you have run this program to the ground because you're not willing to make changes that you need to adapt to. Nick Saban is, Kirby Smart has, Ryan Day has, like all these coaches are made, and then you're just stuck with this like pattern of coaching moves that make no sense. And the fact you're four you're five hundred, and you might not even be the you're you're not even maybe in the top five of the ACC. It it's just. To think where Clemson was like four years ago to where they are now, it's like two totally different eras. And it mm-hmm. and it's and it's just it's mind boggling. I know that wasn't a game we wanted to talk about, but it just to me just is it's so frustrating to see how I, I love that he's old school, but there's a time when you yeah. have to change. And I thought he was changing before the season started. It's like, okay, DJU is out that relationship for one reason or another didn't work. We thought it was for the best. And you got kid club, Nick, yeah, who was the number amazing. one QB in his class. You bring in the hottest name and assistant coaching with Garrett Riley to run the offense. But then it sounds like you're not really letting him run his offense. And it looked like they're on the right track. And now you're, you know, you're four and four. And it makes me think like, yeah, Debo won, I think two natties in three years. How much more can he tank the program before Clemson actually fires him? Like, yeah, would they fire him? Like, what does he have to do at Clemson? How bad does it have to be? He's been there. He's been there since what? Let 07, him go. 07, 08, something like that. That's how long he's been there since. Somewhere around there, like the Tash Boyd days, I think is when he started off. But yeah, it makes you wonder. Like, yeah, you what? It, it is a very much so. A what have you done for me lately? Well, it's, it's the same. Well, it's the same as like Kirk Ferentz at Iowa. Like, literally, the AD had to fire his own son because he's not willing to. Right. It's the, it's the same idea. Like he's basically like, dude, you want your job? If you want your job, then you're gonna let me fire your son. That's pretty much how it went. Like, you know, and, and I just some of these coaches have to adapt. Like as a coach right now, like I realize that I have to adapt based on what is given in front of me. What what is happening? What's the coaches staff like? What's the league like? Like th- those are things you have to do in order to succeed uh, at a high level. So um for sure. But yeah, it, it is fascinating. Uh, any other games you want to touch on before we talk about the college football rankings? Um, yes. Uh, very quickly. Um, let's talk about Washington. They're, uh, at least right look, now, the, strong, the odd man. man out among the undefeated teams from yeah. the, the top four, they're at five. And after coming off that win that we mentioned over Oregon, uh, on their home field by three points. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that Oregon did in that game to more so lose it. But since then, Washington has escaped Arizona State by eight points, and then they just escaped Stanford by nine points. So they do have that one signature win over Oregon, which you got to give them their flowers for. But even before that, with Arizona, they, they only won that game by seven. And it looks like Washington can maybe be in that same boat as Oklahoma, where, I mean, Oklahoma already has a loss, but... They got to play USC, Utah, Oregon State, and Washington State to end the season. I feel like they're due for a loss here, Ben. I don't know which game it'll be, but I'd be surprised if they can run through this undefeated with how much they've been getting. Not necessarily lucky, but how close some of these games have been. And again, this goes back to Pac-12 just killing each other off, basically. This is what happens every year. The Pac-12. One elite team just needs to rise to the top, and it never does. No, they never do, because this is the thing. If you end up with all one loss, you know, let's say you end with a one loss champ or even a two loss champ, like you're not getting above uh, even two Big Ten teams or two SEC teams. Like it's more likely that there will be a Big 12 team, a Big Ten team, uh, SEC team, and then an extra Big Ten or SEC team or ACC, whatever, like that. Like I just. It's 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 crazy to think about what the Big Ten is going to be like next year. 
just with all these good teams that are going to be entering the Big Ten. So it's it is kind of fun to watch and kind of do that. But I think speaking on the college football playoff, Josh, would you like to read the rankings? Let's just do the top ten. You don't do all twenty five, even though I am mad about number twenty five. I'm very upset about that. Mm -hmm. I think that Air Force should be higher. Just that's just my opinion. They have like the second best defense in the country. Um. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, start from one to ten. Uh, tell us the rankings that have been dropped by the College Football Playoff Committee. In the top four, if the season ended today, these would be the playoff teams: Ohio State one, Georgia two, Michigan three, Florida State four, and then, like we said, Washington. The one uh, other undefeated Power Five team is the on the outside looking in at five, followed by a couple tough one-loss teams in Oregon at six, Texas at seven. Alabama at 8, Oklahoma at 9, and Ole Miss at 10. And then I'll just go ahead and read off the other one losses. I know these are outside the top 10, but Penn State's at 11, Mizzou's at 12, and Louisville's at 13. Yeah, you know, I'll get your thoughts here on on this, but my first initial thoughts, I I get it. I got it from a couple different people. Uh, My head coach is a Rutgers Rutgers fan, so we're battering each other for this weekend. But... um, you know, he was asking me my thoughts and, and, and I kind of, I kind of said it this way, right? Like, you know, people have been saying, you know, high state, they don't deserve to be number one. They barely beat teams. I'm like, you, they have the two best wins in the country. They beat Penn state at home at night or not at night. Sorry. Penn state at home. They beat at Notre Dame. They beat Notre Dame on the road at night. They went to Wisconsin at night, beat them. Right. And I, I just, I look at this team and again, they might not be the most prettiest team to watch. But we found out, and I, I think someone said this, I think Joey Galloway said this, like this committee is looking at your strength of schedule and and the what you have on your schedule versus how you're winning, right? Like they're not looking to see you're putting up 85 points. They're saying, are you beating the teams you should beat? And how how and how does that schedule look? And right now, Ohio State has the best strength of schedule. Um, you know, people say, well, George is a two-time champ. You know, I this, again, our power rankings will look different than the college football rankings because we go off based on like what we think is the best teams. And Georgia, to me, like could they have been one? Of course, but their strength of schedule is weak. They didn't really play much, you know, many people. And this yet. is also this year's playoff poll, so I don't think you can really take into exactly. account anything that happened in the yeah. past. Agreed. It has to be this year. Yes, agreed. And then Michigan, they're atrocious in their strength of schedule. Their best win is Rutgers. Um, that's saying a lot. Oof. Um, yeah, and then Florida State obviously has a couple good wins, and then you know they've Washington. Duke, well, people say in LSU. People saying, well, what about Washington? I think the committee made it right. Like they've been struggling; they're on the cusp of a loss. Um, and then obviously you have um, you have uh, at at six. You have who is it? Uh, Oregon. Oregon, yeah, in Oregon. Like let's be honest, and I think someone said it the best. Oregon probably tomorrow could beat Washington. And they'll probably be in the top five here shortly. Um, mm-hmm. But you have them, obviously, Texas, Alabama. Um, was Oklahoma in there? I think Oklahoma, Oklahoma nine, yeah. Ole Miss 10. Yeah. And Ole Miss is the one that shocked me a little bit. I thought Penn State deserved 10. I think Penn State played a high state, you know, defense wise that, you know, played them pretty well. Yeah. Um, it's I, I just outside of that. I don't, I think Penn State's yeah. best win is Iowa, if I remember correct. Yeah. And at least Ole Miss can point to LSU as, as boring of a game that that was to watch. If you hate offensive football, it's like they did beat LSU, so that's a better win than I think Iowa. And then their their losses to Alabama, so it's like Alabama. I mean, it's it's not exactly as good of a loss as Ohio State right now, but it's still like okay, I can I can go ahead and uh, be okay with that, I guess. If you beat LSU, yeah. you've lost Alabama. And then, that's 
kind of like your resume. Penn State just doesn't have that yeah. that signature win. And the only other thing that frustrated me was seeing that Tulane was above uh, undefeated Air Force, which I think Air Force just has proven they're a very good team. Um, so that's that's my other gripe. But any gripes for you about the top twenty five that you were like, hey, I would have switched, or I, I think this could be should be an adjusted before they dropped it. Um, not really. I, I mean, it's all like little things, I guess, like little nitpicky things. Like I might put Notre Dame over LSU, but they're 14 and 15. LSU's 14, Notre Dame's 15. So I'm not going to freak out too much about that. And, um, maybe I'd have USC lower than, than 20, but yeah, it's like nothing, nothing too big. Um, and like you said, I think the committee, uh, at least right now, is much more so looking at resume right now, which it's going to sort itself out. Michigan's going to end the season against Penn State and Ohio State. They'll definitely earn their right to yeah. move up. And Georgia's going to end their season. They have, they have three. Against, they have th- the next three straight games are brutal for them. They got to play Mizzou this week, and then they also got Tennessee, and then whoever's going to be coming out of SEC West and, and the Ole Miss. SEC championship. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Washington's like we said, they're going to have uh, their their chance to earn their way in. And Florida State, um, they don't have many left. Florida State has, I think, one ranked team left, so they got to. Yeah, they, they might have. Points. They got to. They got to play Pitt, Miami, North Alabama, and Florida. It's all on ranked teams from here for them. So they could they could coast into an undefeated season here. So yeah, I think everybody's going to have their chance. And I mean, it always sorts itself out at the end of the day, Ben. We never really have like. You know, five or six I think the only, teams. Or, yeah, the only time we ever had an issue was like, you know, the first playoff ranking was when Ohio State jumped TCU, right? That was the first time we really had yeah. like that oh dramatic thing that happened. That big dramatic thing. But I'm okay with Ohio State being one for all the reasons you said. They got two top 15 wins right now, which nobody else has. And while they did almost lose to Notre Dame on the road at night, that was a, a tough game. And I mean, we can won. easily we can easily point to Florida State and say they almost lost to Boston College. We can point to Georgia and say they almost lost to Auburn. We can point to Washington and say they almost lost to Arizona State and Stanford, but they got it done at the end of the day with the the wins. And Ohio State's almost loss was against and, the top fifteen in the country. So I think that uh yeah, that's I'm gonna be okay with that. Well, and it's like as we always say, Josh, right? The what's the point of playing football is to win the game. Like it doesn't matter how mm-hmm. you win it, you you win a game, you win a game. So uh again, I think it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I know David Cohn came out and said uh, after they posted it, he he shared. I can't wait for November twenty fifth. And I said, I, "That's all what Michigan sure. fans are saying right now, man. They're all they want that. They want them Buckeyes right now." But I, I'll be honest with you. L- let me get your thoughts on this before we go into the games this weekend. If they played right now, next tomorrow, Michigan versus Ohio State, who do you take? If they played mm. tomorrow and you had the team that you've seen the first, what, eight weeks for both teams, which team are you taking in in a matchup? Yeah, it's tough to say right now because, I mean, Michigan hasn't played Play anybody nobody. yet, but they they're doing nobody. exactly what they should against the yes, bad teams that they're playing. So there is that. Uh, I think I'll have a much better... Uh, view on that once Michigan has their game against Penn State. But right now, yeah, it, I mean, I, I definitely think it would be a one-score game. I don't think we're going to have any kind of like double there's digit. A chance, there's, a chance, there's a chance the high state-Michigan game this year could be like a 14-10 to 10 game. Like, I'm legit serious. They're, they're, very well very could because, I mean, Michigan, Michigan's been playing very good defense. They just have been scoring a lot more because of their, I think, lack of competition, honestly. But, I mean, 
JJ McCarthy's looking better. Uh, Donovan Edwards not so much as good as Cor- what we thought Cor- he'd be. Cor- so not looking as great either. The offensive, the offensive yeah. Michigan's been playing lately has not been what we've expected. No. So I do look, look a lot different. I do. I love so. What's the guy? What's the wide receivers guy name for them? He has like ten Roman touchdowns. Wilson. Yeah, he has ten touchdowns. Someone had the audacity, by the way, Josh. You're going to laugh at this to say that Roman Wilson is a better wide receiver than Marvin Harrison Jr. Had the audacity. <laughs> Someone put their stats up side by side, and the only thing Roman Wilson has is three more touchdown catches than than Marvin Harrison Jr. But Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. just looks more impressive. Like, let's just be honest. The man caught a ball for a touchdown with a dude's hand in his face. He had no idea where he was, and he just mm-hmm. grabbed the ball, toe tapped. Ridiculous. Yeah. Man's ridiculous. Yeah, I'll, take Marv, I'll, t- I'll also take my guy Malik. Neighbors over Roman Wilson. No disrespect to that kid, but yeah, that's just true. appropriately. Now, <laughs> now let's look at the games this weekend. We have a couple big games uh, coming yes, up this I weekend. Think the, let's go over. There's it. a lot of close uh, spreads are. too, Ben, and I won't dive into all of them because it could take a really long time. But I'll talk about the ones that are going to impact Matter. the next week's playoff poll the most. I think. And why don't we go ahead and start off with with the big one. The big one being LSU and Alabama. I would have laughed if you would have said like some Mac schools playing. Uh, I would no, have just no. died. So this is kind of essentially an elimination game, honestly. It is. Because yes, agreed. If Alabama loses, that's their second There's loss. No way, yeah, LSU no way. has the lead and can control their own destiny to the SEC championship from here. If LSU loses, that's their third loss, obviously. So uh, then Alabama from here... Uh, controls their own destiny and can finish the season with a 12 and one record. If they can beat Georgia in the SEC championship game and be in the playoff, which nobody expected, at least I didn't think so preseason and definitely wasn't thinking hey, so after week we two, bo- but, but we both, but we both agreed that we can't cut out Nick Saban. We both agreed on that. We, we both, both said, said that. And that's why I hated cannot. predicting them to go nine and three, but here they are at seven and one right now with a home game against LSU still in this race, Ben uh, Alabama is a three point favorite at home right now. This is a night game at Tuscaloosa. You feel uh, any kind of lean towards either side right now? You know, I just hate this because every time I pick against Nick Saban, I get screwed. Um, oh yeah, but this is the thing. I, I'm tempted. To, I'm going to go Alabama. This is the only reason, though. I don't trust LSU's defense. I and as much as as poor as Alabama's offense has played at times. I just think the Alabama defense is going to control the game enough against LSU where they can at least keep it within striking distance. And I think Milrow has improved a lot. And I think the team has improved. At the end of the day, I, I, I'm just going to say there's no way Alabama loses two home games this year. I just I don't see that happening. Um, so I'm going to go Alabama 24. No, no I'm going to no, no, I'm going to go Alabama 28, LSU 24. That, that's going to be my my score. Alabama's last three games, they won at Texas A&M 26-20. They won against Arkansas at home 24-21. And obviously last week they have a home game against Tennessee where they're down 20-7 to at half, and they come back and win 34-20. to Yeah, so I'm going to go 28-24. Yeah, I think it's they're not going to win this game scoring a ton. Um, and LSU's defense is ultimately, I think, so going to be what costs them in this one. Yeah. But I'll go ahead and say that Alabama can score thirty in this one. Okay, I'll give them. I'll give them a thirty to thirty to maybe 27, 28 final. It's going to be close, a tight one, but, as they would say. Yes. 
So that's one that's definitely going to be interesting to watch. Another one that uh, is going to impact, I think, the rankings this week is Washington at USC. We've seen Washington get very close a couple times. USC should have lost last week. USC should have lost to California. And we've also seen the stupidest choice that California ever did. Stupidest choice. Don't go for two. We've seen we've seen USC lose forty eight to twenty against Notre Dame. We've seen them lose thirty four to. 32 against Utah, and then they almost lose to Cal 50 to 49. So now they got to play Washington. This could be their third loss of the season. Obviously, I I think they're already out of the playoff race right now, Ben, but this could be that one game that Washington loses. No, it's not. You don't think so? Let me tell you what the score is going to be. It's going to be 56 to 35. Washington. 56 to 35. Like there There is no way on God's green earth that I see USC winning this game. I, I, their defense is so bad, and this is a very potent offense. When it's clicking on all cylinders, this offense, there's no way to contain this offense. I'm going to go 56-35. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, uh, to me, it's like situational right here because Washington has gotten very close. USC has lost a couple times and almost lost their third straight game. And it's like, is USC really going to go one and three here in this four-game stretch that they got? Yep. Are they really going to do that? And I'm going to go ahead and give USC the edge here, Ben. Oh my I'm going to come God. out here and pick a USC there's upset. There's no way. There, there is no way. I, I, I just I, I, not that USC even has necessarily a great home field advantage at their no stadium. One shows up their it games. doesn't seem like no, no one, one shows, shows up. up but <laughs> I, th- I think that USC is is going to come out for this one. I think they really do not want to fall to seven and three. Go. Uh, one and three in this last four game stretch, and Washington's been been messing around a little too much, Ben. And I think this is finally a, a game that they could get tripped up in. All but right, I mean, right. it, you do you. Yeah, and it, it is going to be a high scoring game. USC, I think, is going to have to put there, up there's over no 50 way, if there, they're going to have a shot. There's no here. way it's it, there's no way it's less of there's no way it's less than seventy points combined. There's no way. Yeah, I'd be I'd be shocked. I'm I'm trying to find a, a Vegas over under for this one right now for you. Uh, the over under is seventy six and a half right now. Dude, that's 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 crazy to think about. There's going to be over eighty at points I think scored in this one, Ben. But Dude, my I'm over go my over and... under, and I'm going to predict this. I'm going to do a surprise prediction. Michael okay. Penix Jr. throws seven touchdown passes. Seven touchdowns for Michael Penix Jr. Seven touchdowns. And and by no no it'll be seven touchdowns and he runs for one to make it eight touchdowns for Michael Penix Jr. Gotcha. His Heisman moment, his Heisman moment indeed. It would be it would be one one of those for sure. So, all right, we differ on one, we agree on another. Let's look at another one that could uh, maybe impact uh, the next week's playoff poll. We've got Georgia and Missouri. Georgia's the home team here at three thirty and a fifteen telling- and a half point favorite right now. I'm going to tell people this right now. This is a sneaky game. I want people to realize that this could game. this could be a game that could go a lot of different ways, and it could be a Missouri upset. And I'm going to say that – no, I'm kidding. You're kidding. I'm not choosing Missouri. <laughs> no, it, it, Georgia's going to win this game. I, I, I will say, though, I'm not shocked if Georgia loses, not because I don't think Georgia's good. I just think Missouri is very underrated, and I think Missouri is a very talented team. Uh, they have a very good quarterback and 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 so on. I'm going to say Georgia wins this game, but it's going to be by a hair, like maybe last like a field goal or something like that. I'm going to say 35-31. 
I'm going to say so 35 take Missouri 31. points. Yeah. So I'll take 35-31. I think I just think Georgia's defense is not as good as last year's defense. I think their offense is still trying to figure out itself without uh Brock Bowers. So I'm going to go 35-31 Georgia, but I also could see that flipped. Yeah, I think I would take Missouri points in this one too, but I'm going to go ahead and give Georgia uh, the victory here. Uh they did beat Florida last week 43 to 20 in Brock Bowers' absence. Uh, not that Florida is anywhere close to Missouri, but it is uh, at least a little bit of evidence we can see where uh, they're able to get some. And it's also at home. Offense. For me, it's also at home, so that changes yeah. me a little bit too. For me, so yeah, being at home uh, in Athens at Sanford Stadium is going to help them out in that one too. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that Missouri uh, Missouri points here, but Georgia is going to come out with this win. I think it's going to be close though. Missouri is, I think, going to earn a lot of respect in this one. Yes. All right. Let me check here. Another one I'll throw at you, Ben, that could impact the playoffs here because we still don't have Quinn Ewers. Texas is at seven right now with one loss, and they're only a four-point favorite against Kansas State right now. Malik Murphy, yeah, give the kid credit. One last week yeah, against well. BYU, yeah, yeah. but he didn't look all too impressive. At yeah, least he did in my okay. Book. I mean, he did okay. I mean, he did, he did enough, great, but he did enough. Kansas State's a little different animal I'll, right now. I'm gonna say Texas in this. I. I I don't. I'm just not feeling it. You know, like how you feel a game's gonna be an upset. I just don't feel yeah. it's gonna be an upset. I'm gonna say Texas. Like I'm gonna say like 28 to like 21. Like I don't think it's gonna be a, a crazy high scoring game. I don't think it's gonna be a crazy blowout. I just think it's gonna be a back and forth game. And then obviously, kind of at the end, I think Texas will kind of pull away at the end. Yeah, since that Oklahoma game, uh, they did beat Houston by seven. And then yeah, in Quinn Ewers absence, they actually handled BYU pretty good. I thought that was gonna be a lot closer of a game than. Uh, than it ended up being, but yeah, um, Brooks, their running back, has been a had a really nice game against BYU as well. So they're going to need another big game from him here. Kent State's also, I believe, running with uh, their backup quarterback right now, uh, and that might have been uh, a change that works out better for him. Uh, Avery Johnson has had a cup had a nice game. Uh, no Will Howard in that one, but yeah, I'm I see that, and I think it's going to be close. I feel a lot more better if Quinn Ewers is or a lot better. If Quinn Ewers is playing that game, but I think Texas is going to survive this one. Yeah, agreed. Um, let's see another one that I think could impact the playoff poll. Uh, we did touch on that Oklahoma Oklahoma State game a little bit earlier. Uh, Oklahoma is a five and a half point favorite right now on the road at Oklahoma State. Um, I would be surprised if Oklahoma lost two straight games, though. I know, like last year, they started off nice and then imploded after that Texas or after that Kansas State game, I should say, and then they just like were this so is, bad. But yeah. I don't think that that's going to happen again. I think this is a game they can get cleaned up. This is the last person you would hear this from, considering I've been so high on Oklahoma for like the last four weeks. But Ooh. I've seen, listen, I've seen this running back for Oklahoma State. He is phenomenal. Like he's ran for like 500 yards in the last two games. And if Oklahoma's defense plays the way it did this past week, I don't know how they slow him down. And again, I'm not saying Oklahoma State is a huge threat, but I'm going to, I don't think I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to say. Just so that the listeners know, his name is Ali Gordon II. And he's he's in his last four games run for 271 yards and two touchdowns, 282 yards and four touchdowns, 168 yards and a touchdown, and 136 yards and a touchdown. Ridiculous. Flat out ridiculous. Against Cincinnati, West Virginia, Kansas, and Kansas State. Yeah, so I'm going to say Oklahoma State comes up with the biggest win they've had in a while. I'm going to say they win. I'm going to go 
41 to 38. Mm. And I think this Ollie, I think this Gordon will have like 200 yards rushing again. I do kind of get shot vibes. I don't think this is the game that Oklahoma is going to fix their defensive issues in, but no, I, don't, I think no. I just, I just also would be shocked if they ended up in maybe not imploding, but losing two straight at this point in the season, that'd just be such a letdown for how they started off. And I think they'll get up for this one. Uh, the last one that I think uh, could uh, impact the playoff pool a little bit this week. Ohio State Rutgers, obviously. I'm kidding. Um, Ole Miss and Texas A&M. I mean, Ole Miss still only has one loss right now, and they are the home team in this one. But they're only a three-point fair against Texas A&M. And while Texas A&M is 5-3, and three, Ben, they've played a lot of competitive games. And their, defense, their defense is good. We mentioned the 26-20 loss to Alabama. They lost to Tennessee 20-13. to Um and then they had that game with Miami week two that they ended up getting a, a lot. That was really the only time they've allowed many points was 48 to Miami, and they lost that one. But I think I think this is a game that Ole Miss has to be careful about. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I like Texas A&M's defense. That they've been playing pretty well all year. Um, their offense, I think, is slowly putting it together. And Ole Miss tends to be that team that when they think they're better than a team, they for some reason it's just my – I test is that they just kind of fold a little bit, not like in a bad way. They just kind of like maybe don't put the gas as high as they should. Um, I think Ole Miss is a very good team. I, I, I'm i just saying beware. And I, I think Ole Miss will end up winning this game, but it, it's a game that I think could become a lot closer than people think. Yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and take Ole Miss in this one too, but it would not shock me if Texas A&M came out with this oh, one. Oh, for dude. sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. They've had a lot of uh, struggles too at quarterback, just with uh, Connor Wegman getting hurt, and they've been running with Max Johnson for a while. And he had one of his better games this season uh, last week against South Carolina, which a lot of quarterbacks have which because also, they got one of the worst pass also, defenses in the yeah, country. South Carolina, by the way, Rattler has been the most disappointing, like, like just I think prospect in a long time. <laughs> that guy looks so so bad right now. Yeah, uh, in that Texas A&M game, he went twenty of thirty three, the one hundred seventy six yards and a touchdown, but. Yeah, I think a lot of people, including the South Carolina fan base, thought that they were going to be a much oh, better sure. team this year, but it just hasn't. No, just hasn't been the case. And you can put a little bit of the blame on Rattler. You can put a little bit of the blame on the defense too in that one. Uh, that's pretty much everything that I was seeing, Ben. Yeah. That could really uh, shake up the poll. Uh, is there anyone else that you think could be on upset? I mean, Oregon only has to play Cal this week. I I don't think anything no. to be scared about there. Michigan plays Purdue. Um, Florida State plays Pitt. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, Ohio State plays Rutgers, but you know, people are like, oh, they're six and two. I'm like, guy, this Rutgers, it's still Rutgers. Mm-hmm. That hasn't changed. Um, so yeah, I, I don't see that anything from there. But shall we? Shall we move into our uh, our power rankings? Shall we uh, jump the? Let's go ahead and there? do that. Yeah. All right. Well, I will give a rundown from last week. I can tell you that mine is changing. Um, but uh, last week's power rankings were for myself. One was Georgia. Two was Ohio State. Three, Michigan. Four, Oklahoma. Five, Washington. Josh's was one, Georgia. Two, Ohio State. Three, Michigan. Four, Washington. Five, Oregon. So let's go. Let's start at five and we'll work our way up. So, Josh, who do you have at five this week? Five. I'm going to go ahead and keep Oregon there. Ooh, I still I like think it. they're one of the best teams in the country, yep. and I'm I'm more so and spoiling my fourth pick, but keeping them below Washington just because Washington does have the win. I do think Oregon is the better team, though, and I'm just waiting for them to prove it more so. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna put um I'm actually gonna put Florida State 
at uh at uh five for me. Um I mm. just think I think the more I think about Florida State and the more that I've I've kind of looked at the their games and I've kind of listened to people talk about them and, and kind of get my own idea is like, yeah, they've had some really nice wins. They're undefeated. I I, I don't want to penalize them for being undefeated. Um, so I'm going to, I think I'm going to put Florida state finally in my, in my top five, they're gonna be at five. Yeah. I don't hate it. Like you said, they've earned it with the undefeated record. And after that scare with Boston college, they've been, uh, doing what they should be against some of these, some of these lesser teams. Number four for me is Washington. They do have the win over Oregon, which is signature. And I know I picked them to be on upset alert this weekend and actually lose that game, but they've been playing some really good offensive football and they get still got some, some better win or that better win than uh, most teams do. So I've seen them play at the highest level and succeed. So go ahead and keep them at four. Yep. Same for me at four. Uh, I'm going to do Washington. I, again, I agree with everything you said. I, I think they've had a really good win against, against Oregon. Um, they've looked rough, but Hey, I can't, they're undefeated. I, I can't penalize them for looking rough. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to stick that at, at four. Number three for me, I'm going to keep Michigan there. I, st- I still am waiting for that signature win to really cement them there, but I think they will do it. Um, you can only play who's in front of you. And yep. I think Michigan, while I wouldn't put them at number three, maybe in my playoff poll, uh, this is a power ranking. I think they are one of the four best teams in the country and that's why I'm going to keep them at three. Yep, I agree with you. I think Michigan, until they get that big win, I can't put them any higher right now um, over the other top two teams. So I'm going to stay Michigan at three as well. All right. Number two, I am going to... I was so close to making a change here, Ben, but I'm going to go ahead and keep Ohio State at two here for Again, now. Again, this is power rankings, people. We're not, we're not saying... We're yeah. just saying overall. I think Georgia, I think Georgia, I mean, they're not going to look their best without Brock Bowers, and he's going to eventually come back. Just like a high state needed Travion Henderson to come back for them to look yes. decent in the running game. Yes. Um, it was very close, though, for me, because Ohio State has, like I said, the resume. And I think Georgia's going to end up with a solid resume at the end of the year. So Ohio State is at two for now. Oh uh, yeah, I'm. I was tempted as well, but I, again, I'm going to keep uh, a high state at two, and then obviously one for me is Georgia. I just think a high state overall. Yeah, they they've they put the resume together again. I the offense still there needs to be some. Nobody kinked. has more merit and a better oh, resume for sure. And I think a high state just needs a few more things to be kinked out with the with the offense. And what listen, once a high state gets healthy, once Emeka Buka's back, once the, they get healthy, obviously they lost Mayan Williams for the year, but once they get back healthy. And the defense, you know, kind of gets back healthy, man. This team is going to be scary. Um, and then number one for me is Georgia as well for you. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Right. Heisman's Heisman. watch list. Let me let me go through these because I think there is a lot of changes going to happen in this week, um, at least for me. Uh, in mine, I had Kayla Williams at five, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. at four, uh, Dylan Gabriel at three, Bo Nix at two, and Michael Penix Jr. at one. Uh, Josh had Kayla Williams at five, uh, Jaden Daniels at four, Dylan Gabriel at three, Bo Nix at two, and Michael Penix Jr. at one. Josh, why don't you start with number five? Is Caleb still there? Caleb Williams is still at number five for me. If you would have lost three straight, that would have that would have been the done deal for me. But yeah. You, if you would have even lost against Kyle, you couldn't blame him because he came out through 369 yards in this one and two touchdowns. Help the offense get to 
50 on this one. So I'm looking yeah. at the USC defense in this one, allowing 49 here. No turnovers, or at least no interceptions by Caleb in this one either. So I'm going to go ahead and keep him at five for now. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep uh, him at five as well for Caleb Williams for me. I just think that, uh, you know, he's he's just, he's looked good. Um, again, he can't help, he can't play defense. So it's not like his fault. So uh, I'm going to keep Caleb Williams at five, uh, at least for the time being. All right. I think I'm ready to go ahead and throw a position player in here as well. And I know he doesn't have the total oh, yards as some of these other guys do, but Marvin Harrison is yes. looking very nice. Maserati Mar. Oh, and now I got to take him out after you said that. You don't like it? That is the greatest nickname. I hate that, dude. It is so good. Uh, Marvin has eight touchdowns this season. He's got averaging like 889 yards. yards. <laughs> and he's averaging, yeah, 18 and a half yards, which Ridiculous. you look at all the guys that have uh, the totals on him. They got way more catches, but... I mean, if you get more catches, you're gonna get more yards. Marvin's getting all the big plays. If you just watch him, if you just watch him, it's 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 crazy. Making all the insane catches, yeah. So, I'm okay with throwing Marv here at number four. I think I'm there. Well, coming up big. Yeah, that's true. Number four for me. Big games lately. Now, I'm I'm guessing that you've now dropped Dylan Gabriel out of your top five. Am I am I guessing that right? He is nowhere to be seen. I thought I am, I am all, was a big thing with this. I am also I am also doing that. Um I thought I would have moved Caleb Williams up, but instead at four I have placed I had Marvin Harrison last week. This week at four I have uh, Jaden Daniels. Again, I'm finally jumping on that train. I, I just he just looks like a quarterback that you just like you want to be on your team. Like he just looks like that kind of quarterback. Um so for me. He's got the numbers. He's got that kind of poise. He he again, if he just had a good defense, like him and Caleb, if they just had good defenses, what what these teams would look like, right? Um, he's got stupid good weapons on the outside. Um, so for me, I think Jaden Daniels deserves to be in there, and he's at four for me. All right. And three for me is Jaden Daniels. For all the reasons you said, he is completing 73% of his passes, which I believe ranks top five in the country still right now. Uh, Yards-wise, he is uh, at fourth in the country with over 2,500. And at touchdowns, he is number one in the country, tied for number one in the country with Caleb with 25. And they're not losing games because of him. He's got he's leading one of the, one of the most exciting offenses in the country right now. So I'm going to keep Jaden at three. At three for me. Is Maserati Mar? Sorry, I just have to do it every time. Uh, no, yeah, he to dude. I don't know if you like. Obviously, I don't know if you saw the highlights of the last game, but like, dude, some of the catches he makes, it, it you just wonder how. Like he caught one with a dude just like grabbing onto him midair, and he somehow grabs the ball and then secures the catch, like. There's a difference when you watch other receivers, like watching neighbors or those guys, like they're good. But there, there's something about whenever Marvin gets the ball, like he do, he beats double coverage. They're running zone, putting guys around him, and yet he still finds space. And then when he gets it, he runs for another 15, 20 yards. It is, it is mind boggling. And this past week, they put a, they put a linebacker once on him, Josh. I don't know about you, 
But where in your playbook do you say, hey, let's put a linebacker on a Marvin Harrison Jr.? Yeah. Stupidest idea ever. Uh, it was a cross route. He ends up scoring a touchdown. Like it, To me, it's just it's hard to find a guy that is more deadly with the ball in his hands than Marvin Harrison jr. I mean, he's got like, I think four straight games with a, with a hundred yards receiving. Um, he's going to pass over a thousand yards, if not this week, for sure. The following week, but it probably this week, um, by the way, he's going against one of the worst passing defenses in, uh, sorry, one of the best pass defenses in the country. And yet he'll still probably make them look like the worst passing defense in the country. Um, yeah. So for me, Marvin Harrison, he's just he's a matchup nightmare. He's six foot four. He can jump. He can run. He can he can block. He can do everything you ask him. And yeah, I don't know what you do with him, but uh, I'm gonna have him at three. Yeah, I'm ready to fight anyone in the comments that wants to show me Malik Neighbors' numbers or Romo Dunze's numbers, them being better. And like you said, I'll just show you all the traits and all the no, film. it's it's a free. I mean, the, the thing is, not that Neighbors is bad, but like, dude. Marvin Harrison Jr. is averaging 19 yards a catch. Like, dude, that's a first down, almost two first downs in one catch. It, it's it's not like he catches it 20 yards down the field. Most of the time, Josh, if you watch him, he catches it within eight yards and he just takes it off, right? Like, it's just, it, I love it because if you heard the story about his dad, his dad writes him notes after every game. Like, and he said the Penn State game, he got no notes from his dad, so he knew he did a good job, right? Like, that to me is awesome. Like to have that in your corner is it, just cool. Number two, and this is a game that I'm surprised, uh, or this is a guy that led a team to a much bigger win than I anticipated. That was uh, Bo Nix in Oregon crushing Utah. We had talked yeah. about that game before, Ben, and I had picked Oregon reluctantly. I was like, I'm counting Utah out, and this is always what happens. They're going to come and win this game somehow, and then Oregon handled them in yeah. that one, and Bo looked really good once again in that game, leading the country in completion percentage still, uh, very close to 80%. Has Oregon uh, right, in, right in the in the mix here for the playoff teams with the one loss to Washington. Still has 2,300 uh, yards, which is ranking around the top 10, I believe, and as far as touchdowns go, he's got 21, which is fifth in the country, so... Still big Bo Nix fan right now. Yeah, I am too. I think that uh the Bo Nix uh Bo Nix is number two for me. Um it's close though, man. It, the gap is closing. I'll just say that. I was very tempted. But uh Bo Nix, I mean, his completion percentage is ridiculous. Um and he he's just he's such a fluid quarterback to watch. He's also been in the freaking college football for like twelve years. Um, he has now started more games in college football than any quarterback in history, I believe. It's 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 ridiculous. It, it's it's mind boggling. But um, so what happens when you start as a true freshman? You get true. COVID eligibility and hats off all the above. <laughs> hats off. Uh, and then uh, again, and we guess we'll say our number one, three, two, one. Michael, Michael Penix, Penix Jr. Jr. Yes, Michael Penix Jr. Not hard, not hard for us to discuss. Um, give me your reasons. I mean, you know my reasons, but I'll I'll hear your reasons. Yeah, leading one of the most uh, explosive offenses in the country. He's in the top like two or three of all the big quarterback stats and he's undefeated right now. So it's, I think, I think JJ McCarthy's still up there in the betting odds for some reason. I just don't but, see it, man. I just don't see it. Who's yeah. McCarthy's playing? like McCarthy's up there in like all the efficiency stats, like QBR and passer rating and completion Ridiculous. percentage and stuff like that. But yeah, as far as totals go, Penix is the, is yeah, crushing sure. right now. For sure. So that is our, power rankings and our Heisman watch list. Let us know in the comments what you think. Do you like them? Do you not? 
and uh, we'll hear from that. But before we finish up today's podcast, we thought, hey, let's talk about the NFL because, you know, trade deadline, uh, some moves have happened. Um, and then obviously we can recap the game from last week for the Browns and then and focus on this week for the Browns. Uh, one thing, uh, poor Josh Dobbs. This man, by the way, in the last two years, he was with the Steelers. Then he went to the uh, Titans. Then he went back to the uh, sorry Steelers, then Lions, then back to Steelers, then Titans. Then from there to the Jaguars, from Jaguars back to somewhere else, then to the Browns, then from the Browns somewhere else, and then signed with the Browns this year. Then got traded to the Cardinals. Then from now, now has been traded from the Cardinals to the Vikings because Cousins tore his Achilles. This poor guy. This guy just cannot find a home. He might as well just have a rental, like an RV. Average life of a racket scientist. I know. Jeez, crazy. But uh, any of the moves that you thought over, I mean, we'll talk about the Browns moves here in a second, but let's just, all the other trades, was there anything that you were like, this is a good deal for one of the teams or both of the teams? I have one in mind, which I think you might mention, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, most of the trades, there wasn't really a, a ton of excitement this year. No huge names on the move. No, like, DeAndre Swift type of trade like we've seen in the past or any other big name on the move. I mean, Chase Young going to the 49ers, That was awesome. That was, was what I was going to mention. Like, was the headline one you put, Washington. Dude, you, man, you put him with Nick Bosa. They're, they have the two, they're both in the top five in QB pressures. Dude, that's like, it's like back at Ohio State again. It's it's kind of phenomenal to watch, to be honest with you. And then Washington also paired with their other uh, rusher, Montez Sweat, but to the, for to a the second Bears. rounder there. But why did the Bears yeah. get him? I'm like, dude... <laughs> Okay. The Bears yeah, have also fired like half their staff. Um, the Raiders have also done a lot of yes. uh, firing. McDaniel's gone. Their offense coordinator's gone. gone. Ziggler, GM's their GM gone. is gone. Yep. By the way, did you know the stat? How much, how much money do you think they're paying their last two head coaches from now on? Uh, put a number. What do you think? Total? Total. Like they, they have to pay from now on. 30? 100 million. They owe 100 million with John Gruden and with McDaniels and guaranteed money they have to pay. Business 101 with Mark Davis. Ridiculous. <laughs> By the way, guess who's had the most head coaches since 1992, I believe. Not no. the Browns. Browns are the second. For seven of those years, so I yeah, guess. Browns that. are second. <laughs> it's uh, the Raiders. I say they got to be close. Okay. Yep, that Raiders. makes sense. Uh, they have yeah. had 12 head coaches. Um, Very impatient. But yeah, it, it is it is mind-boggling. Uh, yeah, none of the trades were really impressive. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the Browns and, and what we thought they should have done. Um, but first, let's talk about the Browns this past week, and then let's talk about their trade deadline moves. But let's talk about the Browns last week. Obviously, we knew it was going to come to an end with P.J. Walker. We knew there was going to be a time when we realized that he's not good enough. Um, and yet they did nothing to trade deadline. I'll talk about that in a second. Um Again, I don't think this was all on P.J. Walker, but I feel like some of it was just stupid play calling by Stefanski. You're up what? You were up like what? Three three points with what? Four minutes to go and, and you threw the ball in third and three when you have Kareem Hunt and all these other running backs have been doing really well all game. Why are you throwing the ball there? Questionable play call, but um, I, I, I'm not getting paid millions of dollars for a reason. So... Um, Give me your thoughts on the game. Uh, was this what you like? Was this what you are ultimately expecting as you're watching the game, or do you feel like, hey, there's a chance they kind of pull this out? I actually didn't watch it, so I'm not going to comment too much on wow. things that happened in game. But I just saw the final score and was like, she was, dude. So, I guess for um, me, the biggest thing is the defense. That's my biggest. Yeah, that that's they're, something they're else that I heard. Like the defense didn't come up 
like it has in other games. Yeah. At least in like the big moments when it seems to matter and the most. And the three-headed monster of the receivers up there in Seattle just made our guys look like breakfast. And Seattle also looks like could have run run all over us too with the way that uh, yeah. Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet's yards per carry was, but they didn't really give him a lot of touches. No. Uh, yeah, so I mean, the Browns just looked so rough, and again, somehow they're still in second place in the, in the AFC North. Yeah, which the lack of the lack of talented personnel at all the important positions on offense. It seems like so. What I'm going to blame most of this on? Yeah, but let's look at. Yeah, the, I know that they did depart with DPJ. Yes, and so I'm fine with that. Dude wasn't looking it, any good. Well, I guess they did say that. Like, I I, I heard something that like that he was want, like if they were traded, he was wanting to go to Detroit if that was possible. Obviously, that's his hometown. That's where he's from. Yep. Um. So I, again, I was glad of the Browns to be able to you know send him somewhere where I think he can he could fit in. Um. What are your thoughts on the Browns not doing anything at the trade deadline? I was very shocked to be honest with you. I thought they were going to do something, whether it's a wide receiver, a quarterback, or something. Um. That means we're just stuck with PJ Walker, but. Um, what is your thoughts on the on the lack of trade deadline? Yeah, I thought you really had to go out and get like a like a DeAndre Hopkins, or I heard that they were making a push for even Terry McLaurin, possibly. Well, uh, been awesome. Even if it was even if it was going out and getting a backup quarterback, like Jacoby Brissett, I guess somebody better than what we got with PJ. It's just or. Depth at the the edge rusher spot too behind Miles Garrett and Zedarius Smith. Chase Young would have been, been awesome. Cool. Getting Chase Young would have been. Nice I just wasn't willing honest. to give up a third for that guy. Yeah. The the injury history he's had, and plus he's a free agent at the end of the season. And that was just like that was an investment I was interested in making. But yeah, the the lack of moves is just is the Tip front the office Browns. that confident in this in this season? Do they just think that? I know Deshaun Watson's back in practice, but they're just banking on a healthy Deshaun Watson being the uh, fix for all these issues. What, what's your th- what's your thoughts on that? That's by what the I'm going to guess is their philosophy. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? By the way, with Deshaun Watson, like how much how much longer do they give this experiment? I mean, like I'm being serious. Like how much longer do they they go? Like I know there's not going to be able to trade him. Like it's just obvious, but. Like, how long do they go with this experiment until they just eat the contract? Like, and I, I don't want to say this as a Browns fan because I want them to keep him. Obviously, I want him to be the quarterback. But how much? How long? Do, what is it going to have to take for them to go? Maybe we should just scrap it and try to start from fresh. Yeah. So year one with Deshaun, obviously, you had to deal with the suspension, and then you were just uh, watching him uh, try to get back in the swing of things of playing. You know, real football, not just yeah. uh, simulations or practice or watching films. So it's like you could expect him to be uh, below uh, expectations that first year. And the second year is when I thought we could really start judging him. And, you know, he's been up, he's been down, he's been, I think, hurt too for a good chunk of it. So it's like how much of the struggle is due to that injury. And I mean, injuries are injuries. So it's like if we, feel like he can return to like his old Houston Texans self. Do we just uh, wait it out? Obviously you don't want to rush him back and have like a, a situation like Ohio State's had with Trayvon Henderson, Jackson Smith and Jigba rushing superstars back too soon, or even a situation where we just went through with Baker Mayfield with uh, playing an injured quarterback. Uh, obviously you don't want to do that. So depending on how much this injury uh, continues to nag, it's like, I really would like to judge Deshaun as Deshaun when he's fully healthy, but also if it's, something that's going to be recurring that's also annoying because it's like the best uh ability sometimes is availability 
and we're about halfway, almost halfway through the season right now. So I would hope that the second half of the season, we can have a fully healthy Deshaun Watson. We can really uh, honestly judge him uh, yeah. then, but I would, I'd hate to give up on it too soon, but I also get like not wanting to uh, continue to wait and just continue to pay for average quarterback play. So yeah. maybe, uh, maybe next year, early next year is when we can uh, fully uh, see it. But I mean, we're still in this playoff race too. We're, we're the seventh seed right now, I think. Yep. And if we can get a, a fully healthy Deshaun Watson, I would think that that is uh, going to be enough to at least get us in the playoffs. Maybe not make any. And the a, the, a, the AFC is a little weaker outside the North. It's a little weaker this year. So I mean, there's a shot. For yeah, sure. definitely. The, probably the most competitive yeah. division right now in the AFC right now is, is ours. Now, Josh, we look forward to this weekend. Obviously, um, there's a it's a big game coming up uh, with the Cardinals. I'm jokingly saying that um, Cardinals playing the Browns. I believe that's at home. If I'm correct, right? It's a, is it a home game. I don't know. There's a way game. But anyways, I know that there will be no Josh Dobbs. Obviously, he's been traded, and there could be Kyler Murray, or it could be uh, Toon as the starting quarterback. Game. Yeah. So or Toon as a quarterback. Um, very interested to see, you know, what Browns team we see showing up. Um, what's your thoughts on this game and your prediction? I'm going to go out and say, uh, this is what I'm just going to start here. I'm going to say prediction Browns win. I'm going to say 24 to 13 Browns win. This is a game you better freaking win Cleveland. <laughs> That's oh, all I'm going to say. Yeah. I'm tired of this. So. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give Cleveland Cleveland like 26 in this one, and Arizona is going to score like 12. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. ultimately, I think um, I, I'm going to also go out with a bold prediction here. I'm going to say I'm going to say uh, Amari Cooper has a big game. I think he's going to have about 10 catches this game. I think their, their goal is going to get the ball to Amari Cooper on the outside. So that's what I'm going to say. All right. That is that that is that is what's happening with the browns this week um and i hope that uh that will be keeping you entertained josh anything else you would like to add shall we wrap this show up i think that's a wrap let's a wrap so if you've enjoyed this show please go ahead and give us a thumbs up and a subscribe button hit the subscribe button uh that will allow us to know hey you're loving that you're loving the you're loving the episodes the of the podcast everything from before and in the future and you like to keep us up to date on what is going on also comment below what is your favorite lollipop flavor yes lollipop flavor uh josh's is um turnips uh no i'm kidding that's not his favorite uh <laughs> no but we we hope that you enjoyed it if you're listening on spotify or apple Podcasts, make sure you sh- you star it favorite it make sure you share the link with your friends and family allow them to hear what is going on here at the baseline podcast and as always until next time we'll see ya